You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're sitting down to chat with two cousins who I came across in one of my Facebook auction antique groups. We are miles apart, but when I tell you there was a spark instantly, it was instant. It was like a firecracker. We spent the other evening chatting (laughs) on Instagram Messenger, the four of us, like we were in high school. There are brand new BFFs to the pod. Kyla and Jasmine of Corkscrew Curiosity are with us today. Welcome. Hi. Thank you guys for having us. Happy to be here. Welcome to the shit show. Yeah. When we when we had that it was spontaneous group chat the other night, I felt like I was in high school, like my mom was going to come in, tell me to go to bed, put your phone away. And I know. And I was busy doing so. And I picked up my phone. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, I'm late to the game. What are we talking about? And then my daughter's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm talking to three people on Instagram. Yeah. Leave me alone. And then we all had to have a sign off. But then Jasmine and Jill couldn't have the same <laughs> sign off because they're both J names. It was most glorious. So thanks for that. I was in the bathtub while we were chatting, which escalated the high school factor. But you couldn't do that in high school when we were in high school. No, you couldn't. Because you would have had to take a cordless phone with you. Yeah. And we didn't have one growing up. We had a corded phone. Yeah. So you had to like pull the cord as far as you could and slam the door and be like, come on the phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I miss that. I miss that so much. I don't. I Um, really don't. No? No. Okay. (laughs) Triggered something there. My mom would be like staring at me like, who are you talking to? (laughs) Who are you talking to? And I'm like, oh my God, mom. Satan, mom. I'm talking to Satan on the phone. shit. I'm trying to get a date here. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for putting up with our nonsense. Yes. Being on the show with us. I came across you guys in the funniest way that we just figured out the other night is when I got that cicada... From Savage Sculpture, yeah, I won a bid against one of them. <laughs> she was so excited. I'm just not gonna lie. She was like, <laughs> lost her damn mind. I know. And I was well. I was at the garden bidding. So I was work. I was weeding, and then my mom would be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I was like, "Leave me be, mom. <laughs> I'm bidding on a cicada. I'm bidding on a cicada." <laughs> and you guys. So I want to get into some of your like earlier collections and how you guys started in the antiquing world, and then get to where you guys are now because you have the progression that every antiquer dreams about. And you guys have a similar kind of start that I do with your grandmother. But let's start with your earlier collections. Like before you had somebody to inundate you in the world, what were you guys collecting by yourselves? I collected little, little tiny porcelain animals and little bone china animals, like tons of them. And they all broke, but oh, no. I still have a few. <laughs> I played with them like they were little toys, but, right. you know, that's what I collected. Yeah, I collected like... So I had an unreasonable amount of stuffed animals, as one does, I guess. (laughs) And then um, I also always wanted to collect, like, small bones and and 
frogs and lizards and my mom would be like no 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 <laughs> please <laughs> so, don't stop that yeah yeah so yeah. that was like my my desire but she like I I made a terrarium one time for a lizard like a random lizard that I found in the yard and then it got <laughs> loose and she was like this is in my house no more we're not oh. doing this anymore so yeah at least it was a lizard and not like a snake I mean it could have been <laughs> worse terrified of like amphibians and reptiles and things like that and I always wanted lizards and stuff mm-hmm. yeah my daughter wants a lizard. She was like, either get me a lizard or a pink toe tarantula. And I was like, no, to both. <laughs> no tarantula. No, no. I can't. I can't do the tarantula thing. Well, and I had like obscure collections like Kyla. Also, I had like, have I ever told the bone story of like the tooth fairy story? No. Okay. It's terrifying. <laughs> we were little and there was where I grew up was a really rural community. And so people laid like manure over their gardens, right? Uh-huh. Well, somebody laid manure over their garden that had cow bones in it. Mm. And so I had gone and I was like, this is fucking perfect. I need money from the tooth fairy. <laughs> So I went across the street with a Ziploc bag and found every tooth I could find and put it underneath my pillow in a Ziploc bag. Well, at least you kept it in the bag. I was like six years old. And then I was like, every sound logic. Yeah, uh, it makes perfect fucking sense. And every morning I'd wake up and be like, son of a bitch. She didn't come again. And then I finally was like, so mom. I've been waiting for the tooth fairy to come. And she like looks at me like, fuck, what did I mess up? (laughs) And uh, I was like, yeah, I've been waiting for like a week. And she looks at me and she goes, what do you mean? And I pulled out the bag of Of cow teeth. And she was like, she just looked at me in stunned (laughs) silence. And she goes, they only come for human teeth. And I was like, well, how does she know the difference? And that's when my world started to fall apart. Because she was just like, uh... Yeah, I found there was also because we come from I'm sure in Kentucky, it's the same of like hunting communities. Mm -hmm. I was walking down an alley one day and there was a rib cage. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yes. And I thought, no, I had found a dinosaur. No. (laughs) So I convinced my friend to pick up one end and and we my poor mother. What alley were you in that you find a rib cage? That's pure. (laughs) That's on the brochure for Shelly of animal carcasses found hither and dither. I I didn't find rib cages on the Air Force base. No, it was a hell to a higher standard. My brother and I, Jasmine, were you there for this? We lived like in front of a field. We found like a full deer skeleton one time. Right? I think I was. I think you were because we like put it on a a stick and like carried it. like front of the field into our backyard and my mom was like this is gonna bring coyotes to our house you can't just like leave this here we were like but it's cool and she was like no take it back where you found it you're like wow thanks for having such a shitty attitude about this i know i could like put little like maneuvers on it and it could like walked yeah yeah I thought I was going to make it a really cool decoration. I know. Mm -hmm. Halloween and all that. I thought I had like found a extinct dinosaur. I bet you did. My imagination was. (laughs) That's not shocking. I'm going to take this to a museum. (laughs) No, she drops it on the curator. Bam, bitches. (laughs) Thank you for that deer carcass, but we don't need it. This is a gold case. Where did you find this human rib cage? (laughs) 
That would also have been terrifying. And something that would happen to you. Yeah. So did you two, did you guys grow up next to each other? Like, were you in the same areas or did you just visit each other? No, we were like completely opposite ends of the state of Kentucky growing up, like five and a half hours away, something like that. Oh, So we visited each other. Wow. Yeah. We moved when I was like eight or nine to Western Kentucky, which was closer. It was still about what, like 45 minutes away. So we, we were together a lot more after that, but the first several years, every like season, we would drive five and a half hours to visit. (laughs) Wow. So, and let's see, which one of you is older? I forgot. Me, Jasmine. Okay. So when you guys got together, were you playing together as cousins or were you like, okay. Yeah. We, we all played together. We kind of like, First of all, we would have adventures outside. We would take like a backpack and like walking sticks and go yeah. find shit, different places. Or we would put on plays for our family members. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, thing. standard thing. By a um, bobcat one time. Holy crap. No, it was a mountain lion. Oh, yeah. That's a mountain worse. lion. A mountain lion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's we a lot. Told our parents and they were like oh that's nice and I was like no seriously we like ran like it screamed at us and we were like no and like just ran and then we like oh. showed up and we were like oh my god we almost died and and her mom was just like oh okay and if you've <laughs> never heard that noise like a mountain lion it's noise the, it's the freakiest we were ever we were picking huckleberries last year and we came upon a mountain lion we never saw her but she made it very apparent that she, she was, was there. We I've never walked at slash ran so fast in my life. I know. Out of, well, yeah, because there's a lot up in this area. Yeah. And they they always tell you keep your children next to you. And my kids are like wild animals <laughs> in the nature. And they're just like running everywhere. And I'm like, oh, shit. One's going to get eaten by the bear and the other's going to get by the mountain lion. Sacrifice them for a good harvest. I know. I'm like, then I'm going to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we had and I think that's, you know, that's common of like growing up in rural areas is your parents are just like, please just go do something else <laughs> in nature. Pretty standard. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. You got you ran from a mountain lion. But whatever. I've always because I'm from, you know, the northern part of the country and everything that is terrifying dies in the winter here. And we don't have as many creepy, crawly, yucky yes. yucks. So I, your parents have like some testicular fortitude to just be like, bye, go backpack. I know. <laughs> oh, we did like every day. That's like what we did for fun was go outside and play. Yeah. <laughs> that was very much encouraged. I love so. yes. Which explains the small animal bones. Cause you were like, <laughs> you're on adventures. Yeah. We always yeah. made weapons <laughs> when we would be out. Like it was the last frontier. Like we just rode our bikes everywhere because we lived yeah. on the Air Force Base. So you just go around in circles. Basically. <laughs> yeah. They had like horses out. like So we'd go see the horses, touch the wire fence, see if it's on. Yeah. I mean, normal kid stuff. <laughs> normal I mean, thing. that's what you did. Yeah. <laughs> so when you guys, where do, where did your grandmother live? Your Nana? Where was she located? Was she in one of your towns that you would go visit? She was in Henderson where I live. Um, so I was always really close to her as far as going over to her house. I grew up going to her house almost every day when my mom would work because she was a single mom until I think I was like four. And then I would Mm. still go over there all the time. 
and she would take me everywhere with her. Are you an only child, Jasmine? No, I have a younger brother. Oh, okay. But he's seven years younger than me. Right. I have a baby brother that's 15 years younger, so I totally, I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's my baby brother. <laughs> uh, little baby brothers. Mine thinks I'm not cool anymore now, so we've passed the point of... I know. I'm pretty cool. Mine's back to thinking I'm okay because he's like an adult now. So oh, good. There's hope. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay again. <laughs> Kyla, do you have siblings? Yes, I have one older brother. Okay. All right. And did either one of your brothers collect your antique? No. It's okay if they don't. My brothers could give literally two shits about it. They're like, yeah, my brother like hunts and stuff. That's what he does. Okay. Yeah, my brother... He now he does collect movies, but not like antique. But like he has an extensive movie collection, so he does collect, but not so much vintage items. Not the stuff that we did. So when you guys got together, did your grandmother like? Did she make it a point to take you guys out? Like, or was she like she was like, here, I'll take the kids and we'll just go fuck this town up antiquing or what? <laughs> we would go like yard sales. I remember when I was a kid, she would have me hold the newspaper and look for yard sale signs. So I would be the spotter and she would be the driver. We would (laughs) find yard sales or estate sales. We had like a round of vintage and consignment stores that we would visit every time that we were over there pretty much we had to go check them make sure there was nothing new so (laughs) yeah we did that I did a similar thing with my grandmother it was we hit up the same like four antique stores in town every time we'd come to town and then (laughs) I yard sailed with my mom I don't my grandmother didn't go out to a lot of yard sales with us we yard sailed yeah my mom did too yeah Yeah, my mom but Nan- Nana called them rummage sales, which I always yes, really liked. Yes, that's what my grandma called them. Cute. Yeah. yeah. My grandma was from the South. She's from oh, Oklahoma. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. The rummage sale yeah. things. I'm like, I don't, we never. <laughs> that's what I called them. I was like, when we, when I was older, I was like, let's go to some rummage sales. And everybody would be looking at me like, well. See, and in my brain, rummage sale is like church sale. Like, No, that's just a church sale. Uh, well, I didn't ask to be. <laughs> Just say it how I say it. So did you guys, was your grandmother, what did she particularly like lean towards as a collection? Like was, or was it like a free for all? She was like, this is old and this is cool. Glassware was a big thing for her. She loved depression glass and um, milk glass. Also jewelry. She had a lot of jewelry. She was good at spotting gold. Yes. So yeah. Yeah, she was like, for gold, yes. literally. She my mom and dad's first wedding set at an auction, like oh. beautiful golden diamond ring set. Yeah, she got that for them, and my mom had that for years and years. So that's so cool. That is. My... She also collected angels during Christmas. Yeah, everywhere angels. Oh, that's so sweet. I was gonna say that's precious. my grandmother does Swarovski. Well, she sends her sister a Swarovski ornament every year, but my grandmother has a little tabletop tree that I think I will end up with. It's a tabletop tree, and all of the ornaments are Wedgwood. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So it's like all little, like she, yeah. that's one of her big collections is Wedgwood. Like it's everywhere. Wow. In that's her awesome. house. Yeah. yeah. That's cute. Because I feel like it is like a, I think that's why people like misconstrue antiquing with older people. Mm-hmm. Because it's when you see like dishware, Jill and I talked about this recently of like dishware to me for some, and I think it's just by proxy feels old mm-hmm. because I always watched older people 
collect it because it, that was when they were being inundated with it was when they were getting married yeah. and yeah that was a big yeah thing. that was do you think i wonder what our old thing will be like what people will be like oh that old lady just collects bones <laughs> that's me <laughs> yours is know. hair yeah yeah babies. <laughs> yes that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> mm-hmm <laughs> and did your grandma like when she took you guys out because you said she was super knowledgeable about anything you guys were coming across did she make it a point to teach you what stuff was or was she just basically subliminal messaging you like my grandmother did oh for sure she would like tell me about things and what it was and how old it was and you know as a kid it's like cool nana cool like where's the toy section <laughs> yeah she was and... <laughs> She was like, now look at this. If this is like this, it'll be gold. You always need to check these metals. Like, mm-hmm. you know, super cool. Look for a hallmark, Coins turn it too. over. Yeah. yeah. And different markings and brands and how old things looked and the difference between like depression glass and like art glass and things like that. She was really big into that stuff. Well, cause mm-hmm. you kind of have to be with carnival and depression and things like that, because there mm-hmm. was such a counterfeit market for it, like copycat market mm-hmm. that even, and I see this still in antique stores today in booths of people that maybe don't necessarily know a lot about what they're doing. They'll be selling reproduction and it happens now at like the Goodwill and different type of like yeah. box thrift stores. Cause they just have somebody in the back. That's like, this is, they have like, I'm sure like a, binder they flip through <laughs> it's got yeah and reproductions it. aren't always marked well so Mm-mm. no unfortunate or there you know it's like it, looking at a like i saw recently somebody had like a cast iron coin bank that they were thinking was like early americana like those big cast oh, iron ones yeah yeah but the the and it looked so i think it was in one of the like facebook what's my antique groups but it was it had pictures of it all over and somebody was like, I got this. It's this old, blah, blah, blah. And somebody put, you could have saved yourself the time if you would have looked at the screw that this is put together with. Re- because the screw, if it's like a flathead or a Phillips, means that it's not old, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's something about yeah. the hardware aspect. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, I would have never. I yeah, I don't know. think those old cast irons were held on with regular screws. I don't know a ton about those, but they're so cool. They're super cool. It was an interesting thing to be like, oh, I would have never thought to look tiny at tiny little clues. Tiny. And mm-hmm. same with we just did a um, curio corner with carnival glass mm-hmm. and like the the minutia of figuring out if it's real or not is crazy. Yeah, it is. I feel like with that kind of stuff, I don't have a great eye for knowing if it's real she I feel like did she knew exactly what it was about how old it was sometimes she would even know the patterns of things and this was before the internet like now I'm like googling when I see a pattern and I'm like I have no clue what this is yeah everything looks the same sometimes (laughs) that's how my grandmother is with antiques is like it's like this she has this catalog of fine porcelain in her brain yeah I and I'm like, have we lost that because we're so connected all the time? We can, I don't need to retain this. Google has it. Yes, and thank God right? for Google. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Because I feel like I can walk through an estate sale with my phone and 
Google, you know, markings and mm-hmm. even Google Lens. Yes. I use Google Lens all the time. Yes. I feel like. Oh, let's talk about that because that's fairly new. What is that? To like, and I think because of the groups that the like you and me and Jasmine are in, I think that we know a little bit more about it than like your everyday. So Google like Lens. Me. Just say it. Is <laughs> I don't use it a lot. You guys would use it more than me. So explain what Google Lens is to everybody. You basically can bring up your camera if you use Google Photos and you can click on Google Lens and it will search for familiar things in the image and do kind of a live image search mm-hmm. and compare to other images on the internet and try to find you comparable items. Yes. And it's a lifesaver because some things aren't marked and it's hard to describe things, especially like weird things, which is what we look for. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to Google that, like clown puppet with angry face. Like what, how do you... <laughs> yes. Or there <laughs> was like that. one time I saw, I had never seen an antique glass pickle jar. Like the really, mm-hmm. and you, to look at it, modern day person, you'd be like, who put fucking pickles in that? But it was because <laughs> they were, f- have you never looked up a, an antique pickle jar? I'm going to show you. They're an antique beautiful. pickle jar. Do you fucking really? Yeah. Oh, you ass. <laughs> I love that. I'm jealous. I was going to say, what the I'm hell? jealous of it. I thought you'd be excited. So there was, <laughs> yeah. So if you uh, download Google Lens and use it, like, especially at thrift stores or yard sales. I feel sales, like this is just... My, my my pockets are going to get emptier and emptier. Yeah. Thanks, mm-hmm. guys. Thanks. <laughs> You're like, what do we want to do? Let's start a podcast about shit we want to collect. <laughs> well, you guys, you have, like I said in the beginning of the episode, you have, you're living every antiquer's dream. You guys took it from the collecting side and curating side to a brick and mortar recently mm-hmm. as a yes. well this episode will come out in a week but you guys had your grand opening yesterday yay yes on halloween congratulations yes that's awesome <laughs> thank you and i want excited oh I, god i hope so now is this a full store or is it a booth it's kind of a a booth but it has physical walls so it's not the kind of booth that you see in like um a flea market or something like that with those temporary walls. It has like drywall um, and it's kind of floating because the ceilings are so high in this old building, but it's in the old hardware store in our downtown. Very so cool. the building is so old and amazing. There's a picture of it that I have with um, wagons sitting out in front of it, like parked. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. yeah super cool. Ceiling is this like ornate metal work he was actually the owner was telling us the other day that someone offered him like all of this money to like buy the ceiling when he first bought the building and he was like no (laughs) it's so gorgeous like original to the building i love downtowns in small towns i do too that are still original Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The antique store I grew up. Warm fuzzies. Yes, there's just <laughs> and it's it's every small town you go to, it's like the same kind of small town, like the same kind of like I imagine like you know they have those like you have to walk up into the building a little bit. Uh-huh. There was my husband's hometown in Placerville, California. There's a couple great antique stores on the main drag of the downtown. Mm-hmm. And one of them is in an old like movie theater, but it's just all been taken out and just goes on forever. Yeah. But they have, they have their old hardware store in this downtown is very similar. It's, um, 
and they have the same super tall ceilings. It's super ornate, like no detail was looked over. And I love that you guys now have that in your space. I know it's so dreamy. And it's it's right around the corner from where our Nana's deli was downtown. So that is just oh. like, if we could possibly ever get that building, then we would totally, I don't feel like there's yes. anything that we wouldn't do to get that building. <laughs> but it's a lawyer's office now. Oh, yeah. But, um, it's great to be right around the corner from that. It's kind of, and that's our namesake also. Her deli's name was Corkscrew Deli. So that's, we kind of just came up with that idea to I name it that. after her deli. That's just so came together. Awesome. I love that. She's probably <laughs> yeah. so proud of that too. Oh yeah. I bet she would be. She would, oh gosh, she would be there all the time. She would be oh looking gosh, for stuff. Yes. <laughs> she would be like, like, I found things for you today. <laughs> Yes. Boxes full. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Every, every Christmas, because she like always was hunting, like all of our gifts came from like thrift stores and like every Christmas we would get like boxes and bags full of super cool shit from thrift stores and just like endless. Oh my gosh. It was always a parade of cool things from the thrift store. So (laughs) yeah, she would shop all year. Yes. Yeah. We got um, antiques every year too. And I always felt like those, those gifts always meant more to me than like this, the material stuff I was asking for Mm -hmm. out of like Mm -hmm. the Sears catalog or something like that. Like (laughs) knowing that somebody like hunted something specifically for me. Yeah. And then they got it like on point. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking when we were filling out uh, the, the questionnaire that you sent us for this about how she collected certain things for each grandchild. So like for Jasmine, it was one thing. And for me, it was another. So yeah, it was really, really cool. And in fact, when she passed away and we were going through everything, there was this tiny bear on a toilet. I don't know what it was for, (laughs) but I guess it was probably, it was probably for like potty training memento I don't know whatever (laughs) but they were like this is weird she got it for you she (laughs) so I have that now and it's prominently displayed in our living room because I'm like look at this (laughs) what was so what was she collecting for each one of you like what did you knew you were going to get from your nana uh, for me, she went from kind of collecting those little porcelain animals for me, um, but she would always get me, as Christmas ornaments were a big thing, um, she would get me Christmas ornaments. Kyla, I think, was a little different. My little brother, um, I don't know what she would get my little brother, because yeah. he didn't really collect anything. Mm. what it was so my brother was just like I'm not really sure but she got us all a lot of ornaments she wanted like Christmas is such a huge deal so she wanted to like fill our trees with cool ornaments so all four of us would get would get a lot of ornaments every year but she got me a lot of costume jewelry and brooches I actually um my bouquet for my wedding was a brooch bouquet and she helped I mean she really got most of those for me the ones that I didn't get it was probably from Nana (laughs) so Uh, I am so jealous of that I wanted that but I was like where do I find all these brooches because I didn't collect brooches it it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be and then I also realized very quickly that if you wanted like 40 or like 
I don't even know how many. The thing's heavy. Jasmine had to hold it when I <laughs> when I was standing up there. So Were your arms shaking, like hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, like holding a plank, but a bouquet. Of Should have worked out before this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like almost basketball sized. It, they, I think. Oh and, my. Yeah, it's it's, it's huge. huge. Yeah. Do you still have it? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. you have to send I, us a picture of that. Yes. We got to put okay. that on the definitely. That is because that's one of those things I see. I think there was a girl from there was somebody from my high school that had one, but it was like softball size. Oh, and it was I remember like she was holding. Oh no, I I went big, man. Hell yes, you go big or go home. I wore my grandma's for my wedding. I wore her pearls. Yeah, I wore my great grandma's pearls. Yeah, she got I I don't remember the name of them off the top of my head, but she was like insistent that I wear. Yeah, that, that's yeah. sweet. That is so sweet. I didn't I'm her only day. granddaughter, so it was like, and mm. I, my mom wasn't super girly growing up, and like she really tried to make me mondo girly, which worked like halfway. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I was half girly. Like something happened, like my senior year, and my mom's like, "Why are you a girl now?" <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Like now, like raising my child, we're raising him closer. Like outside of gender norms mm-hmm. because it's boring gender norms are boring and dystopian I, I just let my kids do what they want yeah i know i was like always <laughs> sad standards. for my brothers they couldn't wear nail polish i know I'm like how fun is that yeah for real i feel like kyla was a lot less girly than i was i wasn't even that girly because like i said we grew up outside in the mud right catching fish with our hands and and yeah. stuff <laughs> <laughs> My mom would try to put me when it, when I was like a baby. She had like hundreds of these because she got them at yard sales. Uh, these like crazy poopy dresses. And about when I could talk, I was like, no, no more. <laughs> like, no, don't put that on me. And she was like, I lost the ability to put you in dresses, and I was so sad. And then when I got to high school, I got a little girlier for like a second. Now mm-hmm. I kind of wear dresses sometimes, but it's almost always jeans. But like, yeah. I was not like, I did not want to be in a dress. I did not want like in the nineties, you know, those stirrup pants. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I hated them. Mm-hmm. My mom was always like, here, we're going to put it. I was like, no. Mm-hmm. Stirrup <laughs> pants. So picky. And then the socks with like the tool. Yes. Oh, yes. And I'd be walking and, yes. and you were a child and you'd be walking and that stirrup pant would come unstirruped in your goddamn yes. shoe. Oh, yeah. so annoying. Yeah. I was wearing, I have, um, cause I am a hairdresser, so I'm on my feet all the time. And there was, I've had like a little bit of tendonitis in one of my feet. So I was having to use like KT tape <laughs> and I was at work and like people just kept kind of looking and one of my coworkers was like, are you? She's like, I love your stirrup pants. And I was like, fuck off. I'm not wearing <laughs> stirrup pants. I'm an old lady and it's KT tape. Okay. I'm There's like, a difference there's, here. Maybe I should put it on both one day and just go walk <laughs> just around like <laughs> Sam's Club. You know, you guys. It's a new fashion. Yeah. It's I'm coming back. It. Please don't bring that back. No, I don't go to Target. They probably It feels like it. you're like stepping on little wadded up pieces of fabric. Yes. Every time you take a step. Every time. And it would like fold over somehow and then be like even more of a pain in your ass. Mm-hmm. We just <laughs> circumvented it. We just came out with skinny jeans. 
I like skinny right. jeans. <laughs> right. We just removed the ankle strap, the chastity. Because that's way more comfortable. Like <laughs> leggings. Because leggings stay down just fine without a stupid strap on the bottom. Yeah, I don't understand why they thought that was a great idea. <laughs> Maybe there was a surplus <laughs> of elastic. Like they looked at a saddle and been like, oh, like a stirrup. Oh, like a oh. Pa- oh. Assholes. <laughs> Put it in production. <laughs> <laughs> so when you guys were opening your store like walk me through that process of opening a booth because we've had different we've had like ebay dealers and etsy dealers and instagram dealers but we have yet to have somebody with an actual brick and mortar so what is that process like to get a shop together well the owner of the building um he was a consignment antiques store and he still is um i think he's trying to focus on certain things now Um, but he hadn't, he, his son had built a little skate shop inside this building. And I thought, Hmm, I'm going to approach him and ask, cause I go in there often looking for records and things like that. And I asked him if he had ever considered building other little structures like that. And he said, actually, yes. And I said, well, let us know how much and we'd be interested. And I guess another business had approached him or he had approached another business. So there's three of us in there now, including the skate shop. And they built the walls and we moved our stuff in. It was really like just as simple as that for us. It was kind of a dream. Yeah. And in fact, like, so Jasmine is the go-getter like of our, our uh, duo, She'll just be like, I messaged this person today and now we have this. Like, <laughs> oh my God, like, you know. Yep. I have no problem asking no. people, like, if I see things, if someone has something, I message them and say, do you have more of this? Or what else do you have? Do you have other yeah. things? <laughs> yeah. So she's always doing that. And like, she in July, like we were, so I started doing the Facebook auctions uh, during quarantine because I was like missing thrifts and antiques so bad. Um, and I was like watching them constantly buying way too much stuff. And she messaged me and she was like in July and was like, do you want to start an Etsy store? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And so we started that and it like kind of took off a little bit and we were like, you know, whatever. And then she was like, well, we should do a Facebook auction. And I was like, okay. And then she was like, we should open a store. And I was like, all right. (laughs) And that evolved very quickly. (laughs) Yes, it did. Yeah. Cause we started all of this in july so oh my gosh yeah <laughs> that's incredible that's so awesome well and i yeah. feel yeah, like and then since then we've blown up with stuff in our houses which is oh awful. my god uh, <laughs> I'm, in my, I'm in my husband's office right now because my living room is full of cardboard boxes oh yeah so... you think this angle was an accident <laughs> yeah <laughs> you think that same we like yeah. i yeah it is uh yeah <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, because we're all in the same. Boat. I know. Well, I because we're moving, so I'm packing up, and I'm like, God, where the hell are all the empty boxes? Yeah, those empty boxes are full of from that you bought that I have bought. Yeah, like I have <laughs> went downstairs because I had like a box and it had like twenty boxes in it, and I went down there, so there's only five. And I was like. <laughs> Oops. Oh no! Remember, don't tell Ethan they're in my garage. Remember, we have that. Yeah, yeah. Which okay. So my um, husband's stepmom, my mother-in-law, has recently gotten into collecting again, 
and we Ooh. so when her and I get together, we're like just like <laughs> like just yelling facts at each other about stuff we've bought. It's so ridiculous. But she has gotten into online auctions like from a local auction house. Oh yeah. And they oh, don't get a yeah. ton of traffic. So I went over there one day and she goes, Oh, do you want to go out in the garage and look through some of the stuff I bought and see what you want? And I thought she had just like she bought a fucking lot. <laughs> she doesn't deal. She doesn't have, she doesn't. So she was like, I got this cause I thought you'd like it. And I got this and I got like, so I went out and I forgot about that box and we were going through the garage and I opened one of those big fucking Home Depot moving boxes <laughs> and I went, oh, right. I went on a peeking adventure one Sunday and then just put it in the garage to die apparently. <laughs> and on the top too, cause they know I'm weird. She bought, you know, remember those like fake cats that would like sit on mantles and they'd have like mm-hmm. the pearl necklaces and the lace but they're made out of <laughs> rabbit fur she goes terrifying i know you like weird shit so i bought these I for you about i forgot those existed. i like i like that that is the threshold for weird shit i know that's is. the weird shit is the cat. and she goes i think they're both real fur and i literally looked like um who's the guy from the simpsons that just does this with his hands Mr. Burns with these cats like there was lightning and thunder and I was just like yes I do love these thank you and I carried them away like Gollum I could just see like she's like presenting it to you and you're just like and then my husband walks around the corner and he goes what the fuck is that and I went it's cats it's cats made from real animal fur look at this one it's got pearls on it's fancy distinguished if you will sir so that's who my I love husband. that someone thought to do that with, with fur. Or when they got fur, they thought, hmm, I'm going to make a cat. <laughs> Taxidermy mounts are overdone, guys. We're I moving know. on to the next thing. <laughs> We're going to take hair from a deer and make it into a cat. And it's going to be fancy. Yeah. We're going to put some fucking pearls on it. A little bit of lace. Maybe We're a hat with a feather. We're going to make it look like it's looking into your soul every time you pass it. <laughs> do you feel poor? Not anymore. <laughs> Get a sophisticat. <laughs> Oh, no. And then they'd have like some, you know, at the end of the infomercial, would be like for four easy installments of eighteen ninety five. But wait, there's more. Act now, and we'll double your order. And throw in a sophisticated. <laughs> and then it's some jingle on the end, and I, some old lady walks across and gestures wildly to her mantle. I was sad before sophisticates. My nursing home won't allow me to have real animals. So oh, I just bought it these ones. She's like, this one Puts looks it on like her my walker. little Mitzi I used to have. My great-grandmother had, like, the fake stuffed cats. Like, on the, the ones that, like, look like they're sleeping on the back of mm. her couch. Or dead. You know what? I'll take that over the creepy baby dolls that are sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> or the ones, like, the wood, the plywood cutouts with their faces covered. In yes. The no. Mm-hmm. Was, the 90s were wild. <laughs> what were they thinking? So do you guys, so that, I mean, are you guys going to carry Sophisticats in your booth or? Yeah. I mean, now you Absolutely. should. If oh, we yeah. find any, that's for sure going, we're going to have that a whole 100%. section. That's going to be your mascot. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah. It's perfect. I'm going to have a taxidermy <laughs> cobra and we will put it by the taxidermy yes. cobra. Sophisticat. Yes. Oh, and Kyla got a uh, cowboy hat for our cobra. <laughs> You have a sophisticated <gasps> up. Oh, yeah. I 
it literally just popped into my head one day. I was like, he needs a tiny hat. And mm-hmm. I just got online immediately and bought it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. So it's a cowboy hat. And we came up with the name based on that. And we have named our mascot Butch Cassidy. So, that is amazing. So we have to, to draw out the S. So it's Bush Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I knew you were our people. (laughs) I knew it. Just looking at me like, how do you find these cool fucking people? I know. Every time I'm like, oh, I don't know about and then I'm like Cassidy. I want a damn taxidermy cobra. All right, I'll I'll get it as a housewarming gift. And a jackalope. All right, I'm on it. Um it's it that is gonna be one of the things that repeats is my head as well as when we had Kate from Bitter Squeaks on the business pig. Oh yeah, business pig. Business pig. Oh yeah, the business pig. Butch Cassidy and business pig. They are quite a pair. They're land brokers. This is terrible. So with your guys' booth, so you're in the new generation of antiquers, you know, you're not old ladies, uh, that it looks like. Yeah. So (laughs) what are you guys curating for your space? Like, what what is Corkscrew Curio going to be known to have? It's really difficult. People ask us what we're looking for all the time. And the the best description that we have is if you think it's weird, we want it. So typically uh, we love like carnival stuff, anything with clowns. Um, we have some weird dolls. We have uranium glass. We have a whole selection of uranium glass and that's become a major addiction. And cupies. Yes. Um, just really any weird stuff. We also have a local person who is supplying us with wet specimens. Um, so we've got like snakes and lizards and frogs and stuff like that in there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's precious. Yeah. (laughs) Like I, we also have kind of said like, if you think it should be thrown away, (laughs) just Oh my God. That's my, are we trash teaks? Is that our aesthetic? Instead of trash pandas, we're trash teakers. I will, I will clout, like proudly claim that. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about That's that. it. That's we're cool. getting t-shirts, guys. Well, I was looking, so I'm, I got into the. That it's cool. Yes, we just have like instead of trash, we have the trash panda outfit. Yeah, yeah, but it's vintage. <laughs> it's vintage. <laughs> we um, I recently got into uranium glass too because of the show, and then I. Of course, have to take it one step further and be like, I don't want to collect what everybody else is collecting. So I've been looking at the pieces of uranium slag. Mm-hmm. What's that? It's just a fucking chunk of glass from the production floor. Like, you know, like, um, what is it called from Detroit and like auto manufacturers? There's like the paint. It's called oh. Fordite. Oh, Fordite. Yeah. Yes. It's like that, but it's. That's amazing. I've not heard of that. That's so cool. And I was, it's just chunks. Like it's just chunks of uranium glass. Glowing magic chunks. And it looks, it looks jagged. Like and yeah, it looks like it's from space or from an old witch. Oh my God. And I just think how fucking cool would that look displayed in a cabinet, like oh. next to like candlesticks or whatever of other glassware you just have. And then people are like, what is that? And then you turn the black light on. And then you all get cancer. Only. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yesterday was it? Yesterday, Jasmine, we were like, we found a bunch of uranium glass. We were like packing it out to the car. I cut my finger open 
And I was like, is this going to kill me? And I was like, I looked at her. I was like, is it bad to get cut with uranium glass? And she was like, maybe. I, was, I don't you, know. Now you're you just you going turn to turn green in. when yeah. you get mad. <laughs> yeah. That's what you should be worrying about. Now you're turning into blowing. a Marvel superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happened I mean, to her? It would be a fair trade, I guess. I would be fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> Lady Uranium. That would be a good a good origin story. She was looking at me like, you're on a roll today. Yeah, superhero antiquer. Like, I don't know if I'm so tired that everything's really, really funny or you're just going. What would the powers of Lady Uranium would be instant antique identification. Instant, like not even. And like she could oh my God. x-ray Let's into something book. and know where it's at. And be like, is this bad energy? And then you would touch it and be like, yeah, nope. Oh, and then you'd like feel the story behind it. Yeah. And everything you oh sold always went for high-end retail. Yeah, always. Oh, my gosh. Kyla, I hope that happens to you. I'm I sorry. I know. I'm like, let's make it happen. <laughs> Seriously. That'd be worth it. And then you I'm have sorry. all of us as your sidekicks. <gasps> Are you the 2020 bingo slot for November, which is Uranium Lady? Like, is that the next <laughs> thing that's going to happen this year? Nobody would have predicted this. <laughs> Nobody. Oh, <man. laughs> I mean, stranger things have happened. It is 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This it is, is running out of disasters. <laughs> so I've always wondered, like, with um, antique stores or booths or whatever, because I'm like, these people obviously have to sell stuff to make a profit right so you can't buy like some of the stuff like we were talking the other night about these auctions where it's like i'm spending this much for something because it's going to my personal collection versus you can tell when stuff is selling for a a dealer so how do you one like find stuff that you can sell and still make money or is there some stuff that you just swallow like the not so great profit margin like what does that look like Uh, i think it's a little bit of both i feel like we do pretty well it's it's to our favor that we're from a rural area because a lot of people aren't as into the weird stuff or it's definitely the stuff that they throw um, in their estate sale or whatever and think, I'm just getting rid of this. Like, this is getting this out of my house. And we're like, we need it. We need it right now. So that is to our favor for sure. Yeah. I was recently at an estate sale where um, I was just like talking to the lady. I was like the only person there, like no one showed up, I guess. I don't know. And she was like, yeah, I I have this stuff. And, and I went through everything. And I was like looking through boxes that she was confused as to why I was going through them, I think. And then I like, you always say at the end of episodes, like look under the table. So I was like, doing that it's funny because this like one of my favorite finds recently has been because I looked under the table I opened up this book and it was pressed leaves and flowers like it was a whole binders full of them with like the scientific names where her grandmother had had like a bio project in the 50s oh my god that's awesome they're beautiful and she was like oh I was just gonna I was gonna toss those I didn't think anyone would want them and I was like she gave them to me for free. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm deeply obsessed. <laughs> and so. I feel like a lot of people our age there um, aren't interested in that kind of stuff. I feel like it's becoming more popular again to care about antiques and um, vintage items. But I feel like, especially around here, I run into a lot of older people who say, oh, my children or my grandchildren don't care anything about this. I just need to get rid of it because it's taking up space now. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it makes me sad that, you know, they don't care. And they're excited that we see the value in it. 
and they'll yeah. sit there and talk about it forever. And that's when we get the stories of the items and things like that. I recently bought a trunk from a guy, an older gentleman whose family didn't care to have it. And it was like his uncle and he was probably in his seventies and it was his uncle um, who had had it in world war one. Wow. And it was all of his stuff from the military photos and he had been stationed in Nicaragua and it was photos and um all kinds of stuff just in there as it was sent back from Nicaragua because he had passed away over there oh my and god he didn't have any interest in in keeping it and his family didn't either and i feel this need to rescue old pictures mm-hmm. because i just feel like they don't they deserve to not be thrown in the trash have no idea who half of these people are but yeah. you know i just feel a need that's but how people I just don't mm-hmm. care about it anymore sometimes and that makes me really sad yeah and i feel like too you know speaking to coming from like a rural area it is like that here too mm-hmm. where we find a lot of great stuff at estate sales because it's the same thing. The family doesn't want anything to do with it. No, and I don't wear jewelry, but I love going through the jewelry because mm-hmm. it's so, like, you don't see those styles anymore. And the fact that mm-hmm. their kids or, you know, grandkids didn't want it, it's mm-hmm. like, shame on you. Like, yeah. if my grandma was, because I have several pieces of jewelry from both my great-grandmas, and, like, those are stuff you can't get. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, I feel like, too, we've become, like, a consumeristic world right but we've also become this type of like if you don't have an immediate use for it you don't need it mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. antiques or any type of vintage thing before like the 60s mm-hmm. has its own look that is not going to fit into a modern home or a modern aesthetic necessarily so I think when people look at something and they, especially like, I don't know about you guys, but like when I'm hunting or looking for things, I have to picture it in my home and not on that shelf or that table or wow. in this dark basement. Yeah. I am really bad to, if I like it, I'll get it and then I'll get it home and then I'll be like, shit, I don't, it's not going to go. What anywhere. am I going to do with this? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's sort of the coolest thing though, about having a resell space because we feel like we have those the, the like I we like talk about the skill of having an eye where you can just like pick out the really cool stuff in a room yeah and maybe we don't have space for it right but we can save it from being thrown in a dumpster after a sale is over and someone else who really appreciates it can give it like a home right. from mm-hmm. us yeah so I I we'll see things and even if I wouldn't necessarily put it on my shelf or in my cabinet I'm like someone will love this yeah. mm-hmm. you know well and I feel like too there's if somebody's coming into a shop they're looking for that exact thing because when you you've reached the level of shopping in an antique store you are there to pay retail right you're looking right. for an exact piece mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a beautiful way to like continue and to extend your own collections. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's definitely a product For up sure. there. <laughs> yep, it's a problem. <laughs> so and I know like most like especially Jill and I, I think since we've started the show, our our tastes have changed. And mm-hmm. when you get further and further into this world, I find that a lot of dealers there it gets a lot more niche of what they're collecting. Mm-hmm. So what are you guys, what did you think you were going to look forward to collecting versus what you're collecting now? Oh, gosh. I feel like I 
thought that I would enjoy more of the pretties, like the breakable sit around type stuff. And I ended up being more into like, I don't know, I collect Halloween stuff. And I thought a lot of the time, especially with, um, with holiday decorations, I've never really had the room to store that kind of stuff, but I would rather just keep it out now. Like Mm -hmm. I've got the old Halloween noisemaker things that you spin around the uh, metal ones and those are staying out year round. (laughs) And I feel like every time I go out, I see something new that I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that. I'm going to start picking those up when I see them. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, like you said, things evolve every single time I go out at least. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, during quarantine started collecting a few things that I was not collecting before quarantine. (laughs) I had had like a couple medical, like antique and vintage medical books, but now I have like a full shelf. Mm -hmm. Um, and then dental partials, um, and specifically the dental partials that have like the silver like hooks that like yeah, mount to your teeth because yeah. I like the co- combination of that um, with like the like fake teeth and the like metal brackets um, and then also matchbooks did not collect matchbooks before this and now I have literally thousands mm-hmm. uh, so many and my favorite ones uh, I are they're like from. I, I don't know when, but uh, they literally are like venereal disease, like <laughs> like PSAs where you they're like, because uh, all matchbooks say like close cover before striking because you don't want to set the whole thing on fire. But this one's like cover up to protect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I love those so much. They're definitely my favorites, but I have a lot of like little little cool ones and then my mom when I told her that I was collecting them she found one that my dad had had from like the Cub Scouts like they're like little from like the seven probably 70s or so and they're really really cool too Uh, I I thought of a way you could display them I've been my brain's been turning about a way to display your matchbooks because you have so many yes so you take an old like ornate frame or a cool frame right that doesn't have a picture or a mirror and then string either fishing line or gilded wire or something. And this way you don't have to tape or mount the matchbook. You just put the, the cover over the wire and close it. That's Ooh. genius. And you can display all of them on a wall. And then they'll move like when air hits them. It'll be like a different experience when you're looking at it. Oh, my God. And you can like I color can... coordinate it. I was just going to say oh you can make God. a mosaic. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. yeah and oh. I, another thing I love about matchbooks is the smell. So, like, a lot mm-hmm. of the things to display them in, they have, like, glass covers. And I've been like, I don't really want to do that. So that's, like, the frame with just the line is perfect. That's very exciting. <laughs> Give me a reason to make I on that, something. like, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I probably problem. have an ornate frame in my basement right now. So. It was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have. And that's, that's another thing kind of I've run into, like, since having children, it's become almost necessary to, um, to collect small things. Uh And that way, you know, they don't get too broken, you know, you can put them up high and you have more room for more things. Mm -hmm. So like buttons and pins and patches and things I can put in like boxes or put up on the wall where my two year old can't like 
Yes. Rip it down and I claim have. it as his own. My son will be three in January and he is a tiny velociraptor. So yeah, it's like same. I recently got some like typeset printing trays. And so now mm-hmm. I can put like all my minute because we were talking about mini. So I can put all my miniature stuff up on the mm-hmm. wall and look at it instead of having it in because I have my curio cabinet behind me. And then you can see my son's easel and then a bookshelf <laughs> that's going to my office. But it's like I, I used to have stuff like on tabletops. And I mean, every square inch of my house was covered in something old. And then as the mobility increased, things just got higher. Don't worry, you get it back because once they turn teenagers, they have no want to be around you at all wait for it <laughs> that's why i'm gonna like finish decorating the basement yeah because it's not a like that we everything's on the main floor of my house but the basement is going to be like grown-up antique zone don't touch yeah we put a building in our yard that we are finishing out that's what i'm in right now <gasps> we're finishing it out and um i'm hoping to have some space to put things that he won't get to as easily Mm -hmm. that I can still see it and appreciate it and, Mm -hmm. you know, use it. (laughs) Yeah. I recently just moved. We got rid of our spare bedroom furniture and I moved my office into, and eventually that's where Jill and I will record. We'll be down there, but I'm like, I have another place to display stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I'm stoked about it. That's mommy's room. (laughs) This is my space. Stay away. So speaking of um, unnecessary things we don't need to collect, we're going to go to my favorite part of the show now, which is the estate sale walkthrough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's not as fun as you guys think it's going to be. It sounds like torture, and I'm so excited. Yes. yes. You get it. So for those of you that are new to the show, the estate sale walkthrough is something, it's an imaginary sale that we will be touring. And it is a sale where everything is your favorite. And every item is something you would take home. If you think a record's there, it's there. If you think a piece of jewelry is there, it's most definitely there. It is your dream sale. Okay. We will go over the items and your job is to pick one or the other in the scenario. We have several different scenarios set up. You can pick one or the other. Um, I apologize for the agony this will undoubtedly cause. Just know you're going to go home with regret. (laughs) Yeah. Period. I feel like I'm going to cry. That's built into the cell. It's one of the layers. (laughs) Like I get mad every time we do this and I'm like, God, it's not real. It's not real. (laughs) Okay. So today we are at a barn sale. Where did I? I just lost my thing. Hold please. Back up. Okay. Today we're at a barn sale and this is a whole estate. So it is out in the middle of nowhere on a farm. There are lots of outbuildings and there are, there's a lot of shit. Full house, full outbuildings. It's a true digger's paradise. Okay. That's the train. Yes. Yes, it is. Pulling in, we're all in the car. We see signs lined up on the outside of the barn. Okay. There are old road signs. All of these signs are mostly vintage and hand painted. And then the other side of the barn is there's hand painted um, signs from businesses in the town. So there's like a barber sign, a restaurant, shoe repair, those types of signs. Which pile of signs do you go to first to pick from? The local stuff for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely the local stuff. Jill's like, Jill, what about you? Where are you going, sis? Huh? I don't know. Where are you going? Battling. Hand painted signs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was not, that was hard for me. No, it wasn't. You're like, hand painted signs. I do the choosing when I write it. Oh, I don't know. I think probably local. Oh, nice. Wait, so the hand the hand painted signs, what are their 
what are their topics again? Whatever you want them to be. There's a barber. There's a shoe shine. There's a... Or regretting my decision. Medical sign. Shit. We'll throw you in there. Oh, no. Stop it. (laughs) See, guys, this is what I... Like, the medical does it. Yeah. That's what I... That's what I want. See, the barber does it for me. Like the old or the shoe shine hand painted sign. I love hand painted signs. We have one in the basement. I have this love for local stuff. So I just can't. I know. I can't pass up that stuff. It's okay. We have a great big, my husband (laughs) found it at a yard sale. It's painted on plywood and it's a hand painted Union Pacific sign. Oh, cool. And it's like three feet by four feet. It's massive. So you have to mount it like onto studs. So it's going to go, we're going to turn the stairwell into the gallery wall. Mm -hmm. It's going to go there. That's going to look awesome. Oh, wow. All right. Next, we put ourselves the whole table. So now we're going inside the house and we're entering through the back on the sun porch through the sliding glass doors. They have all of the glassware laying out on tables. so You can really see its true brilliance in the sun on the sun porch. We all have our black lights in tow. We've turned them on. Oh, boy. Oh, crap. <laughs> There's two parts to this question, okay? You can pick what area you're going to pick through, okay? There is uranium, carnival, pyrex, or depression. So I need to know where you're going first. <sighs> uranium. Uranium. <laughs> Absolutely. Uranium. No, you all suck with your such quick choices. <laughs> I feel like it would be really hard for me to pass up the Pyrex, though, um, especially if it was like reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. Which it is. It is. Because they want to get rid the of dream shit. The kids don't want anything. Sale. So I would have an inner mm-hmm. uh, battle with myself on that. Um, but probably their uranium. Oh, you know I'm not choosing next. You choose. <laughs> I am going to go. Carnival. Ooh, oh, yeah. plot twist. Yeah, I know. I'm going to go carnival. Oh, shit. That's good stuff, too. I know. It's bad. Uh... <laughs> Jill is torn. I am. This you is... can do it. You can do it. I'm just going to go pirate. Okay. All right. Gut instinct. Okay. <laughs> now we're in our areas. Okay. You can choose what you're going to pick through because it's a lot, but you can only pick one type. Okay. The type of dishware you can pick from is, in each of your respective categories, is cups, plates, candlesticks, or serving ware. You can only pick uh, from one. Oh, man. Serving ware. I could probably eliminate plates because I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> probably serving ware for me because I feel like there's enough things that you could use in other applications Mm -hmm. um because i don't eat off of my uranium glass stuff Um, you probably shouldn't i (laughs) will use it as a catch-all dish or Mm -hmm. something like that and i feel like i could probably multi-purpose serving where yeah better what about you but the cups are really tempting yeah the cups I'm leaning toward the cups just because I feel like they're fun to display, like a bunch of different shapes and sizes and like heights. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm drawn to that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm going with, because I'm drawn to it. And it's something that I'm weirdly like kind of obsessed with right now is candlesticks. 
I know. Well, I'm, I yeah. said serving wear too quick because yeah. I was like, oh, what candles? Because I just oh, recently started that. collecting like brass and I have some Swedish folk art ones. Like I'm really oh, into candlesticks oh. right now because they don't take up a lot of space and they look really cool. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. recently saw we were at when we interviewed the Kwamis, Kim and Emily. Um, Emily had in her bedroom a pink depression glass candlestick that was like a koi fish and it's really rare but it was so cool i bet it was yeah so that's what i'm going with incredible yeah yeah all right we finished picking our way through there with the agony we're going into the dead now there's quite a collection in here they were proud parents of a medical doctor and a dentist and they were curating a collection (laughs) in honor of their kids but their kids have no interest in the matter their kids are dicks yeah Okay. Oh no. So there's a there's a piece of furniture that was used as a filing cabinet and it's an Art Deco dentist cabinet in a soft banana yellow. <sighs> it gets worse. Yeah. So or there's a collection of medical journals from the 1920s that were handwritten from a student taking notes during lectures. This is the room. Oh, God. I know you were waiting for it. Oh. (laughs) I feel like I would go with the journals because I love paper Mm -hmm. stuff. But it would hurt my soul Mm -hmm. to leave that cabinet. Yeah, I... So I actually have these little doctor... It's not quite a journal. It's more like a a calendar thing where he wrote like RX, this, you know, and then pregnant wife. And (laughs) this is why I saw them on this day and all of these things. That's awesome. They're very cool. Um, So because I have those. She's cheating. Yes, I'm (laughs) I'm cheating. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. I found the loophole. Um, Yes. So I need I need the cabinet because that would also allow me to store some of my paper things, which I need. Man, that's a good point. (laughs) Are you taking home? Nothing. I'm gonna run around crying. Punch me straight in the (laughs) face. Punch me in the throat. (laughs) I'm gonna go. Cabinet. Yeah, I'm going with the cabinet too. But I already regret that decision, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. See, my well, argument for the cabinet too is also like you never know what you're gonna find in all those drawers, mm, like in the very far back. Yeah. I just like imagine treasure in a back corner of at least one of the drawers. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has to happen. Yeah, yes, it has to happen. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all right, that's a good one. Okay, last part of this room, and then we're um, we're finished with the agony. Um, there's a collection of books, obviously this guy likes to read outside of farming. So there's a vast collection. You can choose to dig through one of the sections and the sections are, there's gardening books, medical books, classic literature, or biographies. Just when I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. To me, it's between gardening and medical because I feel like both of those have the most amazing yeah. book plates and illustrations. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about the plates and the, the gardening books. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I would. I, oh, this is hard. I feel like probably the gardening books because <laughs> I love plant illustrations. Like, <laughs> um, 
So I feel like the gardening books is probably what I would choose. And it's hard for me to choose that. I'm going with the gardening books also. Yeah. What about you, Kyla? Yeah, what are you choosing, Kyla? You go first, Uh, Kyla, and then I'll make my decision. (laughs) So, yeah. So as we talked about the other night when I had really bad grammar, uh, I'm an English major. (laughs) So I, the, the classic literature, especially when, when I like think about like the, my favorite object that I own is that Arthur Rickman, um, Midsummer Night's Dream that I sent you mm-hmm. a picture of and the plates on that every plate is like 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 I don't know what it's made out of but they each have the vellum covers oh um, man like so beautiful and I feel like I find medical books other places mm-hmm. but those like that really like quality classic literature I think I'm going to have to go with those, yeah. especially if they have the really beautiful plates in them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But those would not, those would definitely be personal collection. 100%. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Forever. That's what the, I love to garden. Obviously mm-hmm. I made a post of the greenhouse the other day. So the gardening and my, I have on this bookshelf, like 90% of that bookshelf is gardening books that I've found or my husband that's has amazing. found. Yeah, yeah. That's super cool. Oh man. I okay, where can our listeners find Corkscrew Curiosity? We are on Instagram at Corkscrew Curio. And on Facebook, we are Facebook.com backslash CS Curio because Facebook fun fact <laughs> won't let you put screw in your URL. So a oh, little bitter about that. Rude. Um <laughs> We're also on Etsy as Corkscrew Curiosities, um, and I believe the URL there is Corkscrew Curio also. And we yeah. will have everywhere to find Corkscrew Curiosities linked on their website page at themothballprophecies.com. We'll have their Etsy store, their Facebook, their Instagram. Everything will be there. I highly suggest you guys follow them on Instagram. They post really great mm-hmm antiques they have a really great eye for the stuff thank you guys so much for sitting down with us today thank you this was fun thank Thank you you. we've had so much fun welcome welcome to the shit show and being new bffs to the pod (laughs) for sure (laughs) i wish you guys all the luck with your shop i'm Mm -hmm. so excited for you yeah we're putting it on our road trip it's on the road trip list you're on there now Uh, yeah sure yeah we will take you to all of the good spots around here if you come all right that's all you have to say yeah we're we're there (laughs) be sure to stay tuned we'll be right back with the curio corner where we take a deep dive into some of the items mentioned in today's show I am, you know, they say that the universe works in pretty mysterious ways. Right. And once we got to talking to Jasmine and Kyla, and we were speaking that one night on Instagram, and we connected those dots of where we originally saw each other. Right. I was just like, and I, we were, I mean, we spoke for a little bit on Instagram before this, and I instantly was like, want to be on the show? Because I was like, there are people. I know, it was... (laughs) It was so funny, too, because it was like, hey, you want to do a sticker exchange? And then it's like, hey, you want to be on the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I just felt like we could all be like, I felt like they 
were like my younger sisters. Yeah. Because I was the oldest of the group. I'm like, I'm hanging out with all my sisters. Look at how cool they all grew up to be. Yeah. I'm so proud of you all. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, I was like, this is cool. Because, you know, we, we generally try to like lead with our gut with stuff. And like instantly when I saw the, the, when they had, you know, followed us and done that. We did the sticker exchange. I was like, there are people, they have to be on the show. They got to share. And then, you know, to learn, cause I had seen in, um, one of the online Facebook groups right. that we're in, yeah. which we're going to say the name of in this little curio corner. So you guys can check it out. But, um, when, where was I going? It's been a long day. Jill and I are currently sitting in my car at a down, like downtown, basically down by the river. Yes, in a vacant parking lot. It is almost 9 o'clock at night. It's almost my bedtime, really. But Jill is getting ready to move, so we kind of had to do crunch time curio corner. So it's good. It's good. It's, it's all good. fine. But I was stoked to have um, them on when we had them on because they did just open their shop. Yes, it worked out like just like fell into place. Yes, perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. And they are darlings. You guys really need to go check out their stuff. Oh my gosh. I, so, you know, I'm not so much into the oddities, but they really do have some cute stuff. Yeah. And their booth is set up so, it's not a booth. Oh my gosh, that building. Oh my God. We'll post pictures of it. I really want to go there. It's incredible. Sam, can we go there? Yeah, let's go. Okay. We're going to go, you know, next year, if all, (laughs) all is well. Rona. You better get your ass Jill out of here. Jill and I are taking a vacation, guys, and we are going to road trip this beautiful country to see you guys antique, thrift. Yes. We want to hang out with you guys. Yeah. We want to just, you know, walk into an antique store or a thrift store like Hocus Pocus. <gasps> you know? Yeah. That's what we want. Yep. Yep. That's what we That's want. That's what we want. We talked about um, some, like pretty interesting stuff during their episode but we have some pretty interesting people coming and we're gonna let them cover some of the interesting things yeah we these are stuff that we kind of just like kind of mentioned on yeah it wasn't like a wasn't a full topic but it was one it's the items that would be like hey wait a minute yeah what i want to learn more about that yeah like one of them was those uh cast iron banks right i kind of forgot about them i think my great one of my great grandmas had one yeah they're like they've been i don't think I don't think anybody in my family collects anything cast iron. Yeah, I think I think some of my grandparents did. I can't remember now. But so I um found this art. I found it was two articles because I one of them didn't really tell me how to find a fake from a real and the other oh, one did. Oh, rude. I know. But this first article was from mccall.com and it says uh cast iron banks were also known as banks with no mechanical action. And they were extremely popular in the first quarter of the 20th century. A.C. Williams Company is the one who started producing them. And they um, were originally from, uh, it was in Shargan Falls, Ohio. Manufactured a variety of cast iron products, including stoves, flat irons, and pruning tools. Tootles. <laughs> uh, it just reminds me because we're heavy into Mickey Mouse right now. So. I know. Oh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but in... Uh, 1872, A.C. Williams Jr. joined the company, eventually buying it from his father in 1886. But unfortunately, there was a fire both in 1889 and 1892, which destroyed the factory both times. What was happening? I during... Well, you know, cast iron, you got to get it hot. I know. There those was just molds. lots of tragic fires during the I know. beginning of the 19th century. Yeah. And then so after, those fi- after that second fire, they relocated to Ravenna, Ohio. 
Um, the company produced its first steel bank or cast iron bank in 1899. And by the 1920s, the line included a large variety of steel banks in shapes of characters, animals, trolleys, airships, clocks, and buildings, along with others. Um, but it didn't really say because they were talking about the screw, which I did find that tidbit. I did too. Yeah. Um, so, and this next article, it tells you a lot of different ways to tell a new from a fake. Oh, awesome. So this one is from Texas Antique Mall. It's txantiquemall.com. That means business. I know. Um, the digital world has made it really easy to copy marks and items with paper lithos. And then add that to the fact that some of the old molds are being used to produce the new old toys. I wonder, sidebar, will this, what about Bitter Squeaks? Because she has all the molds. Yeah, but I don't, she doesn't. She's not making them right now. But but she doesn't say this is vintage. <laughs> this is an Edward Mulvey she, original. She calls this a new vintage. Should she do, just at the beginning, like the remix sound? Remix. Yes, she should. She should. Awesome. Anyways, continue. As I was saying. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> but old cast iron toys and banks will have much smoother surfaces than the new fakes. Oh. Which I thought it had been the other way around. I would have for sure. So it's like the mold marks are more. Like I think they've like smoothed them down more. Yeah. Well, because when you do, I mean, when you do see a piece of cast iron that's been two pieces put together, mm -hmm. there's like that where the, the edge seam has been sanded. You know? Yeah. But so the. Reproductions may display bumps, holes, or pips, pits on the surface. These are hard to see if the piece is painted. So check the underside of any cast iron for flaws. Just check under the hood, guys. Wow. It also says that old cast iron will have better details and cleaner edges, while new fakes tend to show leakage at the seams since the new molds aren't as well fitted as the old molds used to be. So look for gap leaks to show grid marks in an effort to make the seams seem smooth. Wow. All toys are typically, all toys and banks are typically fitted by hand with the edges being smooth and you are less likely to see the gaps. So if you're looking at one and it's smooth, it's pretty much a vintage. Wow. Yeah. And then it says, this was, I thought was really interesting. So when it comes to painting them, the cast irons, the, at the old way, they were usually dipped. They weren't sprayed like the new ones are. So inspect the paint for brush marks or look for drip deposits on the other on the underside of the toy or the bank like the old toys would exhibit. Wow. When buying cast iron book banks, look for a paint on both the outer and inner edges of the slot. Also, old paint typically was typically enamel or oil base and will chip where the new banks and toys are made are painted with acrylic. And they won't chip. So, and then when reviewing the painted piece, look for uneven wear and random scratches. Wow. Yeah. And then it says, uh, also the old cast iron with any old cast iron predating 1940 should not have Phillips screws in it. So if it's a flathead, it's vintage. If it's mm -hmm. a Phillips, it's probably either fixed or repro. Yeah. It was definitely made after 1940. Yeah. That was the, the one thing that came up in that group was... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, somebody had posted this old bank and that somebody had mentioned, now that I'm thinking back on it, somebody had mentioned the paint, mm -hmm. the detail, yep, and this. And then they always ask in these groups, like, let's see the bottom of it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. What's, you know, why? And now doing this and then the carnival glass one and I know everything. 
How interesting. I know. So I did look on eBay to see about what they're running for. And it was a wide range. I think the most I saw was like 200, 300 range. And wow. it, and I noticed that most of the ones that were like, looked like actual banks. The ones I saw that were going for that high were banks or buildings. Wow. And there was a lot of different styles. Yeah. It was cool. It was really interesting. First, I need to, you know, like one of those things where you know you've seen them. Mm-hmm. But now, and I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed since we started the show, like when I'm out now looking at different things or I know we know what more things are now, I will pick something up and I'm like, oh, it's blah. And yeah. I'm like, I, I feel like cool. I'm more like sophisticated looker now <laughs> yeah. that I'm like, oh, these markings tell me. Right. Or I went to an estate sale and I was like, is that West German pottery? And the lady was like, well, I don't know. And I knew I was like, oh, well, they usually didn't mark it. Blah, 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 blah. It looked like West German pottery. I should have bought it, but... <laughs> I wasn't. And there was, you know, another interesting thing we talked about in this episode that had to deal with paint was I brought up, um, we were talking about uranium slag. Yes. Which I couldn't find any like definitive articles on like really anything about uranium slag. So what I can assume from it is like any glass manufacturing, there's a lot of glass that's melted down and used for the product. There's going to be excess. Mm -hmm. That's just where it's coming from is the excess glass that was not formed into anything or broken pieces or whatever and it just it looks like just a chunk of yeah and i imagine it like you could find it around the old factories that yeah and there was like some places where if the families worked in glass manufacturing plants they would end up taking home these pieces oh and in the process of talking about this we discuss another form of byproduct of the manufacturing industry we talk about fordite yes and this is from uh various places across the internet It's not from one particular article or another. There's some Wikipedia. There's some from a place called Fordite.com. There's from a jeweler's website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's all sorts of places. So Fordite is known by several names. There is Fordite, Detroit Agate, Motor Agate, Motor City Agate. And they're all the names that refer to one seemingly benign material that now has its high collectability. It's a beautiful piece of American history, and it started in the early 1920s when cars were hand-painted. But they weren't just hand-painted. They were, like, hand-spray-painted on rail cars. Uh-huh. And it was paint that had to be baked or cured on to the car. Right. So it wasn't, like, the magnetized way that cars are painted now. Mm-hmm. And so they were painted that way, and the overspray would drip off of the vehicles, gathering up on the grates below the rail cars. And this layer of paint would build up over time, eventually impeding the painting process. So it would have to be chiseled and broken away out of the paint booth or wherever it was at, because it was starting to create an issue. And one of the interesting numbers I found was it took 997 layers of paint to make one inch. What? Yeah. 900? Like, I don't know if you ever saw that 100-layer challenge, like, on YouTube. Yes! Yeah. Just thinking. It's I ni- know. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. 997 layers of spray to create one-inch thick chunks of Fordite. It makes me want to do that. Right. <laughs> me too. And when the workers would chip it away from the Fordite, they instantly saw something that could be salvaged and turned into something beautiful. And so the workers in these plants started to turn and make this paint remnants into jewelry and different pieces of art. And even though it's the its name lends itself to believing it just came from Ford Motor Company plants, it came from multiple places in the car manufacturing industry. So there was like some collectors are after stuff that's from a Corvette plant that they call Corvetteite. There's Ford oh. stuff, Harley Davidson, like from anywhere that there was curable enamel type paint, there was some type of slag like Fordite. Uh-huh. But it's like the generalized term yeah. for it. But the car manufacturing industry, so this happened between like the 20s to the 40s and a little like bit after the 40s. 
but then we switched to a different way of painting vehicles. So Fordite and things like that don't exist anywhere anymore because there's no overspray from paint because there's like powder coating and things like that. Things aren't being like hand sprayed on or they're being like, there's um, like they're being magnetized. So the particles will stick to the car. So there's less waste, less overspray. Therefore there's no Fordite. Do you, do you feel like we should start reproducing that? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So the name Fordite refers to any material that is paint from various automotive plants. Um, it's no longer in production because, car, like I said, no cars are no longer baked or cured in like a kiln setting. And there's different types of like different chunks of Fordite from different manufacturing plants. So there are, let's see, this was interesting to me because Fordite is a literal piece of history because it's not created anymore. So all of the Fordites that exist yeah. is from that time period. Mm-hmm. And there are, it, like most things, it has become its own classification of, like, what plant it came from depends on the color of the layers of paint. Holy shit. Really? Yes. So the, they vary by area and by era. So depending on the time that that Fordite chunk was chiseled away, it could be from the 20s, it could be from the 30s, it could be from this type of plant, it could be from this finishing. There was also, like, there's one where it was like, um, if it was layers of paint and layers of primer, you could tell the cycle of manufacturing. It's there was, like modern day archaeology. Right. It's like tree rings, but with paint. So there was this foresight to group them into different colors, which this jeweler site now uses for Fordite and classification of the different pendants and stuff that are made. So there is, let's see. Um, so the different colorways, like I said, there's a gray banding of primer, other features, opaque colors that were used in different finishes or like some plants when they started to use like pearl and different things in automotive paint. So there would be the paint and then the pearl shimmer. So there's like shimmer and gray and reds and blues. Yeah. I saw, I looked online and looked at some, and they're just, they're really pretty. Yeah. So they, they change depending on how they drift from the machinery. So like there's different pieces. So there's like pieces where you could see where they had like mold over the railroading edge. Mm-hmm. There's like a 90 degree angle right. and it's like built up. Like there's an, a sculpture artist that makes things similar to these shapes is what it reminds me of. And then there's some where it's like the drips, like stalactites. Yeah. Those are the ones I always saw. Right. And so they were, and that goes into the same types of classification that jewelers use depending on like the popularity huh. of them. Um, and their current resale value of Ford I or Motor City Agate is pretty high. So you could buy chunks of it anywhere from 20 dollars to several hundred dollars like i was just doing a brief little scan and there was like some pieces for thirteen thousand dollars there were some pieces for five hundred dollars there was chunks you could buy that weren't quite as old there's also a reproduction counterfeit market for this it's all over the board yeah but i watched this really great it was from it was a detroit news channel station and they had like a little snippet on it and there was a jeweler in detroit that it makes pieces from Fordite from the uh, one of the Ford Motor Company plants in Detroit. That's so cool. So I just, it's so, that's the most interesting thing I think I've heard of in a long time. Yeah, because, and the fact that it was just that one era. Like, yeah. I like, that's the kind of stuff I really like because it's just that one thing, you can't do it again. Yeah, it was done. That's. So I thought, and then I, you like, um, uranium glass slag is still super, people buy it. So, yeah, that's just something that will always be around. But now I'm on the hunt. I want a Fordite ring. I know. Or pendant. See? How cool. Now just just add it to the list. Yeah. Put it on yeah, the ever-growing list of <laughs> I antiques I don't need. <laughs> Who thought this show would lead that way? <laughs> right. And they were, when I was doing the research on that one, too, is Fordite is highly collectible among people that collect classic cars. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally could see Which that. Which is where you get the different, like, the Corvette, the Harley yeah. stuff. Yeah, I start totally. to spread out spread it out um yeah 
That's really cool. It was cool. We talked about a lot of cool things in this episode. I know. <laughs> There's like a lot. And it was like, what do we narrow it down to? <laughs> right. Um, so <laughs> you all were really shocked when I said this. This but... was a curveball to me. Because <laughs> I, I think you thought my reaction was I was mad at you. I was mad that I didn't know you had this because it's one of my holy grails. <laughs> I did not know that. So uh, we're talking about the pickle dishes and jars. Yeah. Um, I don't even know why I have it, honestly. <laughs> it's very much up your alley of something to have, I just, wise I think, I want to say I got it from, like, a great-grandma when she passed away. Makes sense. I probably am lying, though. My mother will let me know. Okay. But, um, so this article came from sfgate.com, and the article was called Antiques. <laughs> Fancy pickle containers were all the rage a century ago. It's like, I read it a couple of times. I was like, all right, that's what you came up with. I like it. So imagine trying to give a dinner party in the 19th century. Fresh fruits and vegetables were limited to what you were growing in the neighborhood. Homemakers canned beans and tomatoes, homemade jelly and jams, as well as pickles and condiments such as chow chow and chutney. Meat, fish, and poultry were either fresh killed or were dried and salted. Several types of pickles and condiments were served at parties to enhance or cover the taste of sword foods. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, how is this a fancy dish? <laughs> we're just covering up the shit taste. We've just always been garbage. Humans have always just been garbage. So the pickles were so important. They had to be served in a special type of dish. <laughs> I just imagine everything else comes out on paper plates. Right. And then like butlers holding like... The pickle jar. Yes, falling. And then there's somebody to brace it so it doesn't fall. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, Honey, the pickles. <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> God damn it. I told you. The glass pickle jar, you heathen. What are we? <laughs> this is fancy. <laughs> Carol's here. <laughs> but so some were flat pickle dishes, which I have some of those, too. Yes. Were made of cut or pressed glass. Pickle casters were made with glass intercall balls that held a silver plated holder. The most elaborate examples had a decorated silver base and an arch handle that went above the jar. So literally nothing you would associate a pickle with. No, no, <laughs> no. Because they also had tongs and a silver cover to protect the pickles from flies. Most were made with clear glass, but the best had colored glass decorated with enamel um, with a paint design, which I looked on eBay to see how much they were going for. I found one that was pretty much like this for $1,300. Then some fancy pickles. Fancy pickles. The um, imposing casters were the height of the fashion in the 1980s and 90s. Or not in. 18? <laughs> the 1980s. It might have. It might have came back in the 1980s. Where's the pickles, Margo? <laughs> I don't know, Todd. <laughs> So they were the height of fashion in the 1880s and 90s. And by 1900, the pickle caster was was out of style and rarely made today. The <laughs> Like, I just feel like this is a soap opera and the pickle's just like, oh, I used to be famous. <laughs> now they just stick me in any jar they can find. Now you just get me in just some big old five-gallon jar at Sam's Club. <laughs> well, I remember when pickles were important. Back in my day. We, we go in a fancy jar with little tongs. You kids don't know what you're missing. You don't know shit. Put me in a metallic container and a maverick. I like how we made the pickles southern. They have to be. There's nothing else that's that fancy in a glass jar. What? A, the only other accent that's appropriate is a British accent. Oh, yeah. My British accent's bad. 
<laughs> I just I now since I have one <gasps> now that I, now you're you have to bring pickles to every party. I know I will be bringing the pickles, and mine is a just a clear glass, and it has has the stand and some tongs, but I don't have a cover to so the flies. We'll get in. Well, we almost were there. I Jill. know. I'm sorry, guys. I disappointed you, Mom. Well, yeah. Now I'm upset. <laughs> we'll just have to find the make and model and see if there's a repro. <laughs> repro pickle topper we can find. I know. But no. All three of your reactions were like, what? <laughs> well, it's such an obscure thing to have. I didn't. I totally forgot I had it, too, until you started talking about talking it. Talking shit on pickle jars. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Well, because when, you know, I saw it in this group and I'm, I had no idea. And it was, it was impossible to Google. You know, and then somebody mentioned using Google Lens. I know. And Google Lens is awesome. If you don't have it on your phone before your next sale or wherever you're going, you have to download it. And I think, like, if you're an Android user and it already runs on a lot of Google stuff, um, it's pretty easy to find and download and use. And same with um, Apple users. You can download it pretty simply. You can Google it in the App Store and download it. Run that bitch. It doesn't take really anything to set up. No, and it really is just going to get you in trouble. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, one of the other things I did this year in quarantine was uh, in in the process of getting the show ready to launch. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have to do some marketing. So I, I just started searching antique things on Facebook and groups and whatever. That This is one of the only reasons I keep Facebook. Is yeah. for the show and for the groups, mm-hmm. the gromps. That's it. And so I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to see the groups that me and Kyla and Jasmine and hopefully Jill will be in. I know. So, I feel like man, odd man. You gotta see, that's a- when I feel like the old lady because I'm not in any groups. I would have never known about them had I not just done a pretty broad search for yeah. antiques. So there are, I'll say the ones that I really enjoy. Um, so there is one that is KJK. Antique and Vintage Ephemera Books, Toys, and More Buy, Sell, Auction. That group is like people, it's like a marketplace of antiques. Oh. So people just post like lots or things they have for sale or they post um, their pictures before an auction. Oh. And then the auction site is KJK Go Live Auctions Antique, Vintage, and Ephemera. And then Always Free to Sell. And they have an auction schedule. There's all different times of day that people come on. Um, and some of the auctions are like four hours. Whoa. So um, they do have like different sellers that sell. Like I'm showing Jill one here that has, there is some old mirrors. There's some old figurines. Oh, those are cool. Some oh. uh, newspapers from when World War II was over. Funeral home plates and ephemera. Uh, there was lots of really great Halloween decorations. Anyways, if you're interested in being in either one of those groups, um, I will link them on our Facebook. So if you go to the Mothball Prophecies original on Facebook, I will have the links to these posted. This is where uh, we were auctioned bidding against each other. I found some really great stuff. I found a match to a postcard that I own in one of these groups. The cicada. Yes, the cicada. So there's been some some pretty cool things in these groups. Also, we have some exciting things coming Yes, that we can't wait to announce <laughs> to you guys. It's getting close to my bedtime. I'm like, wait a minute. What stuff? We're almost there. <laughs> hold on. Hold on, Joe. Sorry. It's this okay. old lady's got to get the bed. I know. So we have some exciting things coming towards the end of the year for you guys. Um, keep your eyes peeled on our Instagram. We are going to be doing a Black Friday sale this year with our merch. Yeah, that's super cool. I'm, I'm excited so for excited. that. We have a Black Friday sale coming up so you guys can get all your Christmas presents, your holiday presents. All of that out of the way, as usual, to see everything we talked about in today's episode, 
please visit our website at themothballprophecies.com. And you can also see the antiques we talk about today on our Instagram and Facebook at the Mothball Prophecies Original. And in the link, the link tree in our bio on our Instagram actually has a link to everything. It has a link to our merch shop, has a link to our website, our Facebook. Everywhere that you would need to go is located on our Instagram. We are definitely the most active on our Instagram if you want to get in touch with us there. We also want to feature your guys' antiques and vintage items and stories in one of our December episodes. So we please ask you, send us the stories of cool antiques you inherited, vintage items you found in the wild, interesting stuff you have in your house. We really, truly want to hear from you guys. Um, the way to submit that is on our our website, themothballprophecies.com. On the first page, there's a contact us tab. Please share your stories with us there. We can't wait to hear them and share them with everybody else. Yes. And if you guys want to follow these lovely ladies that we interviewed today, um, their Facebook is CS Curio because apparently you can't put screw nope. in your Facebook. And then their Instagram is Corkscrew Curio. And then the live auctions that they do are through Facebook mm -hmm. with Unusual Antiques and Oddities. Yes, that's another one I wanted to mention. So make sure you go and check them out and check the live auction out. Mm -hmm. You never know what you're going to find. And they have some good stuff. They have super cute stuff. Yeah. I'm not into the oddities like most of you know, but they had some stuff and I was like, oh, yeah, I need that. So yeah, be sure to check out, check us out on all the bullshit. Check us out. <laughs> and as always, you guys, I hope you find some cool shit. And I hope you remember to look under the table. Bye. See ya. Bye.